From thezebrablog.com, welcome to Before and After, the Furniture Refinishing Podcast. I'm Lane Ball. So painting fabric is really cool, and I didn't realize you could do this until, I guess, last year when I tried it, but it ends up feeling like faux leather if done properly, and it's really durable. Today we're chatting with Jessica of Blue Peaches Furniture. You're likely familiar with Jessica from her furniture refinishing talents highlighted on her Instagram account, but as well she has been on our podcast multiple times as she's a member of the Furniture Diaries hashtag and has been integral in the development of the Zebra Diaries hashtag, the monthly theme furniture refinishing contest. Jessica is also our May 2019 featured artist on the zebrablog.com. Today on the podcast, we're going to take time to learn more about Jessica, her work, and discuss how to paint furniture fabric. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, welcome back to the podcast, Jessica. Hi, Lane. Thanks for having me again. Sure. Well, we appreciate you agreeing to come back on the podcast, not to discuss the monthly Zebra Diaries theme or announce the winners, although we certainly enjoy that, but to discuss (laughs) you. You know, we're eager to learn more about your dive into furniture refinishing. Now, I know you have mentioned before that you were a human resources manager and had to lay off more than 200 people at one point. You talk about stress. I mean, wow. (laughs) So (laughs) tell me, is furniture refinishing stress-free? In my mind, it's very (laughs) stress-free compared to to human resources, that's for sure. I actually find refinishing quite relaxing and in a way very therapeutic. It's so important, isn't it, to be able to find something that you enjoy, even though others may look at it and say, my gosh, that would be stressful. If it's something you really enjoy and you're proficient, really good at it, then um, it takes away a lot of the stress. But so how many years were you a human resources manager? Uh, 13 years. Wow. I was, And then I, I studied that at university as well. So four years of university and 13 years of human resources. <laughs> Now, do you miss any any aspects of that particular field? You know, honestly, I get asked that a lot. And the short answer is really no, I don't. And I think that speaks a lot to how much I'm really appreciating this new adventure and mm-hmm. maybe how I didn't really actually quite enjoy what I was doing and just sort of going through the motions of thinking what it, it was to, to have, you know, the, what society tells you is a normal job and to pursue an office job and things like that. Now, when you when you were in that career of of human resources manager, did you did you have any kind of creative outlet that you were doing at that time? No, I didn't at all. Oh, really? <laughs> so this is a huge surprise <laughs> for me too. <laughs> so you weren't crafting on the side? No, or, or, really. <laughs> no. <laughs> So, Nothing of so the I know, sort. <laughs> so I know everybody listening is thinking, okay, now how did she make the bridge between human resources manager to furniture finisher? Well, originally it started as um, I was initially just planning on taking a, a break. So I I had my job and I, I just sort of quit on a whim, <laughs> sort of uh, just I, I had had enough and I wanted to regroup yeah. and think about what I wanted to do next. And I just sort of saw a few pieces of furniture for like $5 or maybe they were on the side of the road. I don't know. And I, I just started painting them and I, I found it very therapeutic. But then I didn't have space for them. So I, I sold them <laughs> mm-hmm. for way <laughs> too little money, but still. Uh-huh. And that's sort of how it, it became. It was originally just a way to, to sort of relax and a, a mm-hmm. sort of way of therapy for me. And it blossomed into something I could have never imagined. So how many years have you been doing furniture finishing now? 
I've actually, this month is my two year anniversary. So I'm so appreciative that you asked me to, uh, or invited me to be on the podcast this month. Uh, it's so meaningful to me that on my two year anniversary, I get to be, uh, on the zebra podcast. And I think it just reinforces that I made a good decision in pursuing this, this career. Yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations on that. And, you know, I have to say to be able to, to see the work that you have produced and to think that you've only been doing this two years, there's two things. One is that's incredible. And then the second thing is, my goodness, what's to come, you know, I mean, you're <laughs> two years and, you know, you've got many more years, I'm sure to do this. Um, it's really exciting to see furniture finishers, you know, um, continue to develop their skills and their, their, uh, artistic abilities. So let, let me ask you this. Um, what do you enjoy the most about refinishing? Well, like I said, I, I find it extremely relaxing and therapeutic and I could mm -hmm. be painting all day and just be in my happy place and in the zone. Um, and I also just find I'm still surprised to this day, um, the impact that putting on a layer of paint can, can, how it can change and improve the look of a tired piece of furniture. So these pieces were, um, old or outdated or just needed some repairs and overlooked, sometimes even headed to the landfill. So to be able to sort of fix them up and, and give them a, a new life is extremely rewarding. And I love seeing the look on my customers' faces when they come and pick up this, this piece and I, and they're so happy and I know it's going to go to a loved home. Um, mm -hmm. so it's, it's a really just overall nice experience from beginning to end. You know, when you look at the, the process of refinishing, what would you say is the most difficult part for you? And it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't enjoy it, but what would you say is the hardest part of refinishing? Probably the prepping, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's the hardest part, but it's definitely my least favorite part. And it's definitely essential to, to do and, and make it make sure that the piece will be long lasting. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's definitely my least favorite, like sanding and cleaning. And a lot of the pieces I have are really gunky. <laughs> to yeah. begin with, so it's a lot of cleaning. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I talked about this. Um, that was actually um, Jen Green. She commented this, the same, that oh. the, the prepping and cleaning was really the the not necessarily the hardest, but it's just a little more challenging, you know, and I, th you know, I think part of it is because as we discussed that you don't necessarily see the, the change take place, you know, once you start putting a coat of paint on, then you start seeing it come to life, you know, and that gets you really excited. Yeah, exactly. It's just a, a necessary evil that we have to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Part of the process. Part of the process. <laughs> Well, what was the most difficult hurdle for you to overcome in starting your own business? You know, so you worked for a company uh, as a human resources manager, then you started your own business. I mean, you're you're everything. I mean, you you know you um, <laughs> you're, you're going to make me cry. The pieces. <laughs> you're finding the pieces. You're painting the pieces. You're selling the pieces. You got to manage yeah. the whole process. So, yeah. what what's what was the most difficult uh, aspect of it? Honestly, that's a good question. And I think that the the biggest hurdle was, I think, trying to figure out if I could make this work. And if it was a crazy, cool idea to start this refinishing business, or 
crazy stupid or was I just crazy? Because mm-hmm. as we discussed, I mean, I had 13 years of experience and knowledge that I just sort of walked away from. And so trying to figure out if that was a smart decision or, mm-hmm. you know, like from on the outside, when I told people, you know, I'm not doing this anymore and now I'm paying furniture, it, it does sound a little insane. I really wanted to make it work and try to figure out if it could be a reality because it was making me really happy. So obviously I had to do a lot of research to try to figure out if I could make this work. So things like, was there demand for this? Mm -hmm. And how many pieces would I actually have to do or complete a week and and at what price point to, to, to be profitable and doing sort of a cost analysis of on average, how much will it cost? to do a piece Mm -hmm. versus what I could actually get for it Mm -hmm. as well as, and this is all aside from learning how to paint, (laughs) but, and then also trying to figure out how to market it. I mean, I could paint all the pieces I wanted, but trying to figure out how to get my name out there and make people aware that I exist even. Um, Mm -hmm. So doing a lot of that research. And as you know, I obviously pulled the trigger and decided to go for it. And it's, been so far so good but I I also try to keep it sort of realistic and keep my expectations somewhat low but put my whole heart into it Um, and that's really been working for me and who knows if I'll be able to do this until I retire but so far so good and I'm enjoying it so far and I hope it continues to grow and so it was kind of good to to know that I wasn't just crazy (laughs) it could work (laughs) Well, I'm sure you had uh, support of family as well, right? Yeah, and my my family and friends are so supportive, and I always mm-hmm. try to surround myself that, in people that will support me, and they they believed in me from the start. Now, obviously, we I had a lot of discussions with my friends and families, sort of brainstorming mm-hmm. ways and things like that. That was really helpful too to have a very supportive. I mean. I'm working out of my parents' garage, so for them to allow me to do that is huge. <laughs> and uh, my partner, Matt, he's supportive as long as I'm happy. So that was really rewarding as well to know that I had the backing of my friends and family. Oh, yeah, that's huge. Now, did your did your mom, does she demand payment by getting some furniture pieces every now and then? <laughs> she steals the pieces. Just come in and they're gone and they're in they're in her house somewhere so, so you have to hunt them down and yeah. <laughs> yes it's a fair trade though so, oh yeah. that's good yeah well i tell you what tell, tell us about your very first piece do you because um, you you had mentioned earlier that you did a few pieces starting out just for enjoyment and then you you sold them probably at a price lower than what you should yeah. have but so well what i'm just curious what was the very first piece you did Oh, gosh, Lane, I'm not sure if I want to talk about this just out of sheer embarrassment, but I think it was like a cabinet or something. And I, I know for sure I used latex paint um, and I, I know I primed it. So thank goodness for that. And I sold it like exactly like you said, for way too little money. But yeah. I posted it on Kijiji and within minutes I had multiple offers. So in hindsight, it really did give me the motivation I needed to keep going. Obviously, since then, I've have better paint knowledge and practices as well as better price points. But yeah, yeah. a lot of improvements in that very first piece. Well, it's it's neat that that was a platform to motivate you to do what you're doing. So that's, that's exciting. 
Now, you know, we've noticed that you've done multiple vanities. Are those difficult? You know, taking a dresser and turning it into a vanity. Uh, yeah, they definitely require proper tools to, to, to make the cuts and things like that. And definitely, again, going back to prep, insane prep, because you want to make sure that the paint will stick and endure, you know, water splashing and things mm-hmm. like that. And really making sure that you will apply quite a few layers of uh, top coat. But one thing that I actually find always a little terrifying is making the first cut in the top because there's no going back after you cut the top open. Oh, but yeah. I always, I just love how they look. I just think they're so cool and so unique. And just another example of how, you know, you can just upcycle these these really antique, tired-looking pieces and, and make them something that's something that's a standout, unique piece mm-hmm. yeah. at a fraction of the cost of what you would buy even at, like, ikea probably so Mm -hmm. they're really fun yeah and so and and as well that means you know for every room in the house including your bathroom you know so that's cool or mudroom let's talk about a few of your pieces starting with a smaller buffet that you turned into a vanity sink tell us about that particular piece and and by the way let me just add these pieces all that we're discussing as we always we want people to be able to see them so we're not just talking about them because i know we're (laughs) creating some curiosity for you listeners so Feel free to um, check out Jessica's Instagram page and she'll give us that information at the end. But also, Jessica is our feature for May on the Zebra blog. And so we've got these particular pieces highlighted as well. So as you're listening, you can view the pieces. So tell us about this buffet, Jessica. So this one was actually a really cute sort of mini buffet. I'm sure there's a more technical term for it. Um, So anyone out there? feel free to message me. But it was a sort of mini buffet and or sideboard. And I, I updated it using my favorite color by the Chippy Barn uh, called Balsam. And I used on the, the legs, which was really this other really cool product by the Chippy Barn called Mahogany Stain Wax, which allows you to update those legs and keep them sort of the bare wood while still sort of doing a lazy sort of sanding job because I love the look of bare legs, especially with all the details that they have on them, certain legs. It's just really hard to sand perfectly in all the the areas. So like it saves a whole lot of work by just applying this mahogany stain wax over it. And I think it looks really stunning. And then I sealed it in their uh, ultra grip tough coat and that's actually water resistant stain proof or not stain proof scratch proof Mm -hmm. Um, so it's really high quality stuff and then yeah it was really cool and unique and uh, it's now actually it stayed local in Ottawa to someone nearby and uh, they sent me pictures it looks really cool what was funny because you already mentioned this but I I was going to comment that this um, I would call this piece in this color that you uh, used you you said uh, what what was the name of the color again balsam balsam yeah Mm -hmm. I was going to say, that's like your signature color. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really love it. <laughs> I, I could paint every single piece in that color if I had my way. It's definitely, it's just such a like a greenish blue, muted gray. I, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's just a really nice, beautiful color. I think what's, what's neat with a lot of pieces like this when they're done and you look at them and one of the words that comes to my mind is, is just balance. When you look at the, the sink on top, the white sink, and then yeah. uh, the color of the piece, that balsam color, and then the hardware that you used. I don't know. Was that original to the piece? No, I added those. Uh, I got them at HomeSense. They were these really cool, like, crystal knobs or, like, rock 
I, I can't think of the word, but they were really cool, like the drop knobs. And I got mm-hmm. them at HomeSense and I haven't seen them there since. So I was waiting. I had them for so long yeah. and I, they only came in a pack of four and I was waiting for the perfect piece. And I thought they just looked great on that piece. So, yeah. and I haven't seen them at HomeSense since. So do you have well, HomeSense in the States? Yeah, you do. Um, right? I, I, I'm not familiar with it here now. How, how do you pronounce that? HomeSense? Yeah. H-O-M-E-S-E-N-S. Okay, I guess it's no, like no. the home goods equivalent. Yeah, then? no, yeah, for home goods I'm familiar with, but uh, not familiar with HomeSense. I, I maybe it's just uh, not in the south uh, southeast yet. Okay, well, uh, yeah, it was, it's the same as home goods, uh-huh. essentially. Well, the 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 knobs are are the hardware on it's neat too because it kind of balances the sink, and then you've got that mm-hmm. strong foundation with those ornate uh, legs. I've always wondered about that with the legs when you when you get a piece like that in and you want to refinish it. You know, some of these places are tight to get to with these crevices and carvings, and how do you clean that out? But that uh, what you had uh, recommended is is a is a great way to go. Now this next piece. I understand was a bit out of your comfort zone for color. In fact, your mom finally got her way because <laughs> you noted on your account, she always responds with red. <laughs> yeah. You ask her what color to paint a piece. <laughs> so, so tell us about this piece. Yeah. So <laughs> every day I'll ask my mom what color and every day it's red or black occasionally. <laughs> and it's to the point where I'll be like, okay, what color aside from red or black? And she literally just will like stare at me like, well, what's the point of painting this? <laughs> if you're not going to pick those colors and just sort of wanders off and refuses to respond she can't pick those colors so i this was uh in miss mustard seed uh paint in tricycle and i've had it for a while i i expect actually my mom might have bought the color for me just because i i tend to not go with reds but i just it was a huge piece and it just i knew it was going to be a statement piece and i just decided to go for it and I think it looks really cool in the end. And that ended up going to to a, a cottage on the lake. And they, 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 the customer sent me pictures for that too. And it looks really cool. It looks really nice there. It's just like the perfect sort of a vintage cottage, like all logs and stuff. And it just sits, it, it's perfect. You, your, mom must, your mom must have gone to town that day when you sold it. You, you had to have... <laughs> She never got to see it in person because she no was way. in Spain. And I decided to finally honor her. Maybe I just missed her because she was gone. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> um, and then it sold before she got back. So that's why the customer sent me a picture so that at least my mom could see it went to a loved home <laughs> for, right. for her. But I, yeah. I'm sort of glad it sold before she got back because I think otherwise that would have been a stolen piece. From her. Oh, for, yeah, for sure. Now, did she <laughs> say? <laughs> did she say I told you so? <laughs> yeah. Have you heard that oh yet? yeah. Oh, for sure. Multiple yeah. times. <laughs> she's probably all she has to do is look at your Instagram feed on this post, and she's like, "See, <laughs> see I told you. We should have done yeah. this earlier." Yeah. Now, I, yeah. Really, I mean, so one of my questions is: when you look at this piece, so you obviously see the red. Uh, and the, the beautiful hardware. By the way, was that also, was that the same hardware? Or did you put that on as well? That was original hardware. It actually was such an old piece that the, the, the hardware was built into it. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it was. And uh, yeah, it was a really, really old piece. And yeah, I did use um, antique wax around to sort of keep with the vintage look. So that's why it's sort of darker in some areas. 
and I distressed it in areas as well. Okay, so just to get in a, into a little detail on it, because it is so unique, it has just so many different facets to the look and the color. So you laid down the base of the red first, is that correct? Yeah. Okay, so you put down the red. And so the look that you've achieved is through some distressing and the waxes that you incorporated into the piece? Yeah, exactly. So once the paint was dry, I sanded it off in areas and distressed it using just like a fine grit sandpaper. Right. And then I actually wet distressed it in certain areas where I wanted it to have a larger distressed uh-huh. area. So that's just where you sort of take a damp rag and put it over before the paint has a chance to really yeah, cure. Gotcha. And then I applied a tinted wax over it yeah. um, in areas and, and buffed it in. Okay. And well, the whole yeah. thing is sealed with wax for protection. Okay. Well, and to get nice. an even more detail, I used the Palm Pro brush to hey, apply the paint. Right. <laughs> um, and something about the Palm Pro and milk paint, I don't know, they're the perfect match. They were invented for each other. It just works so well. Oh, that's great to hear. Well, it's a um, super, super beautiful piece. This one will um, go down in your archives as the red <laughs> piece that your mom inspired you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh, only really red is. piece. <laughs> <laughs> well, it certainly is nice. Well, this next piece may have to be one of my favorite pieces you have finished. It is what you referred to on Instagram as Big Blue, a large buffet. Oh, Big painted, Blue. Yeah. A large yeah. buffet painted in Shacto Interiors mix of deep sea blue and coastal gray. Start by telling us where you located this piece and how you chose the color combination you used. I forget where I got that piece. I think it might have been at an estate sale. Actually, one that, of those big truckload, trailer yeah, loads. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Actually, it's funny because the two pieces that you've asked me about, the first one that I turned into a vanity sink uh-huh. is the smaller version of that big buffet. So oh, they yeah. were meant as a package deal. So it just kind of shows before they were painted, it was much more obvious that they were partners. Mm-hmm. Um, but I separated them. But yeah, for that one, you know, I really thought it called for a nice navy. So mm-hmm. I, I actually wanted to do it all in just uh, Kristen's milk paint, Chateau Interiors in deep sea blue, but I didn't have enough paint. So I just mixed it in with some coastal gray to, to complete it. And then uh, again, I, I put some mahogany stain wax on the legs again, the chippy bar and mahogany stain wax. And I actually applied some of the mahogany stain wax around the edges of the piece to just make it look a little richer around some of the edges. And then I distressed that as well. Yeah, it almost has kind of a, <clears throat> a bit of a glowing effect to it. I don't know if that's just because of the photograph, but the, I and I and I guess you adding that mahogany stain. Now you did that on the the body of the piece, correct? Yeah, I did it on the body of the piece as well as on the legs. Yeah. So I think that adds a little bit of sheen to the piece as well as I sealed it in wax. So that does add. Yeah, it really highlights the architecture of the piece. And it's so funny that this piece, you know, because when we chose these pieces, we did not realize that those two pieces were. Yeah. Um, <laughs> part of a family. That's you, how, you definitely that's have a, yeah. And that one got shipped to Idaho. 
so it's still en route there. Is so it? it's wow. it's going on a very long road trip. It's over thirty six hours away by car. Well, that's incredible. Well, you did such a, a fabulous job on that as on this piece as well. Well, we want to spend some time talking about a piece that you did uh, last year. It looks like you you know it's an antique couch or a settee made of fabric and wood, and you painted the fabric. Let's talk about how you achieved this, and let's start with the prep. Um, did you have to prep the fabric? Yeah. So, okay. So painting fabric is really cool. And I didn't realize you could do this until I guess last year when I tried it, but it ends up feeling like faux leather if done properly. And it's really durable because for that piece, I actually did it for a store called Trove Fashion. So any Ottawa people check it out, but it's been there for a year and people sit on it all the time and it still held up. So for prep, Basically, all you need to do to paint fabric is I've only actually done it in country chic paint. Uh, so I'm sure you can do it in other brands, but I can only guarantee the results for country <laughs> chic paint. Um, so all you need is a spray water bottle, the paint, 150 to 220 grit sandpaper and wax. And so for that to prep it, well, you clean it. I spray it with the water bottle, the fabric. Um, until it's damp. And then I apply the f first coat of paint. And for that one, because I was doing it in a lighter color, so it was Pebble Beach, which is a light gray, I wanted to cover up the pattern and the design. So I actually used a darker color as the first coat. So I used cobblestone, which is a really, really dark gray. And that just helps minimize the amount of lighter coats you have to do. I do that for a lot of colors that require multiple coats. It's sometimes just easier to put down. The first coat is a dark coat. So that's a good trick for reds or whites, things like that. But so I put my first coat of cobblestone, you let it completely dry, and then you sand it off so it's smooth using your like 220 grit sandpaper, mm -hmm. and then uh, spray it again so it's damp, apply your second coat. So it, essentially in between coats, all I did was sand it down, apply, spray more water, and so on and so forth until I got to my final coat where, again, I sanded it down and applied wax. And that's what makes it really soft and smooth and durable. And the results were really cool. No one can tell that it's painted. They think it's fabric. Like, mm -hmm. they think it's leather or faux leather. Yeah. It's I wouldn't recommend it necessarily on, like, a full couch, <laughs> but definitely on accent pieces. Or uh, I've done it a lot for customers with dining room chairs. Where they for the small cushion, it just works out really well, and no one can tell. And it's really easy to clean. You just wipe it down with a with a, a wet cloth. So you were covering. You mentioned that you put a darker color down because, did you say you there was a pat, the fabric had a pattern to it? Yeah, I can. What I can do is I can show you a picture of the before to put on your site as well. But it was a really, it was sort of like a burgundy main color with patterns all over it. So just with lighter colors, it's just easier to put a dark color first. And that saves me about two or three coats after that. Yeah, that's a, it's actually a great idea. So it's, you, you laid really sort of a foundation coat and then you went with um, the lighter color, which was the final color that that you see in the picture. What about fabric? Is there, uh, are you aware of any types of fabric that, that just is not conducive to paint over? You know, I don't really know. I did one with suede and I was sort of a little nervous about that, but it still turned out great. If you're thinking of painting fabric, I would maybe try to do a test patch 
to mm-hmm. see how it turns out before just going for it. I don't know of any that really wouldn't work, but I'm sure there might be mm-hmm. some. So I would just recommend doing test patches. <laughs> and then you, your final <clears throat> on that particular piece, you said you, you put wax, you wax the piece? Yeah, so you just wax the top. And then if you for added durability, I would re-wax it every six months to a year, depending on how used it is or how much traffic there is on it. So the wax must, um, I guess it helps seal it, but it also is absorbed into the fabric. I was just thinking about, at least in my mindset, I'm thinking, well, if you wax it and then you sit down, <laughs> do you stand the wax up and gets have on wax your on your butt? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, you, uh, well, you have to let it dry a bit, uh-huh. <laughs> but the wax really does soak in. Uh-huh. And that's what makes it feel soft. But yeah, I would recommend letting it dry for 24 to 48 hours before sitting on it. But, but you did not. So the, the, the country chic paint that you used, you didn't have to mix anything with it. No, just, well, with water. But mm-hmm. you spray the water on the, the fabric and just it go. It was really easy. Wow. Sounds incredibly easy because we actually did a piece that we featured on our blog. It was actually some old director's chairs. And my wife's father brought them up to us. Uh, they're not the short director's chairs, the, the tall ones. So they were, okay. there were two of them. They were really unique pieces, but they were, they were old and the, the, the it was canvas, um, you know, yeah. so it was wood and canvas. Well, it just, you know, it was old and it, it was actually stained as well. And we ended up doing a little bit of research and we had to get some fabric medium that we mixed with the paint that color that we were using, which was a darker color. And that, you know, that fabric medium dilutes the paint and then we added water to it. So it was a bit of a process. It wasn't complicated or hard, but it was sounds like even more of a process than, than what you were able to go through. And I will add, though, uh, we were really pleased with the outcome of this, these two director's chairs, because they're still, we still have them today and still use them outdoors. And they cut co- it covered this, the stains that were on there incredibly well. And it wears well, still looks good today. So it's a huge opportunity, it sounds like. And I don't know if some people don't do it because they're just, they're a little bit intimidated to paint fabric. But I hope if you're listening and you're, you've been thinking about it that you'll, um, especially with the information that Jessica's provided, will take the opportunity to, to at least try it um, because it's certainly another area of refinishing that could, you know, broaden your product lines as well. Uh, yeah. And just to add, I'm sure there's lots of different ways to do it. Like your, how you did it sounds great as well. It's just, I was just explaining how I did it with country sheet paint and so far so good. So yeah. And it's, yeah. well, I mean, yours is proven. I mean, if it's been sitting, you know, it's not even been sitting in someone's parlor off to the side, rarely used. We're talking about, you know, sitting in a department store, which gets used every single day. So that's, that's proof that it was a successful project. And that's part of what we're doing here is just offering up, you know, uh, suggestions and and methods that that you all are doing that have worked for you. And so I'm sure that is much appreciated by listeners as they're thinking about exploring some of these, you know, other areas to paint. And I I think Country Chic Paint, their website has a ton of tutorials. So I I think they probably will have a tutorial on it if you forget what I said or want a little bit more information or you're more visual and or if people are more interested, I can definitely do a live demonstration. Oh, great, great suggestion. Very good. Well, this has been incredibly informative, Jessica. We really appreciate you. Thanks for taking the time to share more about uh, how you got into furniture finishing and to tell us how to paint furniture fabric. If you would, a couple of things, share with our listeners your contact information first 
And then because you are a part of the Furniture Diaries who's teamed up with, with Zebra to formulate the Zebra Diaries, um, just remind the listeners of this month's theme because we're getting close to the end of it and hopefully there's still time for folks to make sure they enter into the contest for this month. So what is your contact information and then this month's reminder of this month's theme? Well, first, I'd like to thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Again, I keep wondering why I get invited (laughs) back, but I really appreciate that uh, you do and that I was uh, picked as the feature. It really means a lot to me and I'm very grateful. My handle is Blue Peaches Furniture. So you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Blue Peaches Furniture, all one word. Um, And... Again, another big thank you to Zebra for partnering up with uh, the Furniture Diaries girls for the monthly contest. I think it's been really fun and a great way to bring the community together and just sort of do something fun and different. Mm -hmm. Um, And this month's theme is florals. So any floral pieces, like even drawer liner or if you freehand flowers, uh, painted flowers or transfers, things like that. And um, all you have to do is use the hashtag, the zebra diaries, and you'll automatically be entered to win some, you know, great paintbrushes. And this month is Iron Orchid Designs have partnered up with us. So you can get a chance to try some of their mold stamp or uh, transfer. Well, that's, that's great. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun to see the entries. And I know for you all, Jessica, you and the, the team of girls on the, the Furniture Diaries, you look forward to the end of the month when you get to evaluate all those pieces, but I know it's a challenge to, to pick um, pick the top three, first, second, and third place. We're excited about that, so we'll, we'll um, keep our eyes open to see what additional entries are added. And, and again, thank you. I know that um, the listeners have enjoyed this conversation we've had with you as well and just the informative nature of it too with respect to furniture painting furniture fabric so thanks again for um taking the opportunity to to be with us and let me just add this too if any of you um if any listeners decide to take on uh painting uh furniture fabric and you've not done it please reach out to us and let us know um how it goes and uh, send us a, a picture i would love to see it So you have a great day, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lane. And you have yourself a great day, too. Thank you. Take care. You, too. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Zebra Blogs Before and After Furniture Finishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on the zebrablog.com, along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share those by clicking on the podcast slide in our header at thezebrablog.com. That's the zebra with an I.com. Thanks for listening and happy refinishing.